Hey there! Thanks for listening to the Infinite Podcast, where we want to challenge the people of God to see the realities of their context and reflect on and reformulate concepts such as mission, missionary, mission field, holistic mission, and more. Hi everyone, my name is Esteban Amestegui and I am the communications intern in Infamid. Today, we have the privilege to talk with Las Newman, the Global Associate Director for Regions for the Lausanne Movement. He lives in Kingston, Jamaica, and is a former president of the Caribbean Graduate School of Theology. He's also a member of the Infamid Networking Team and the Infamid Board. Las, thank you for being here with us. For the people who are new to Infamid, can you tell us a little bit more about yourself and your work? Well, thank you for this opportunity to share with you um, and with the Infamid family and, uh, and, and with others. Uh, my name is Last Newman, and I am uh, from the country of Jamaica in the Caribbean, and um, where I currently live and uh, served in the student ministry in the Caribbean for over 30 years um, before I um, left that world and um, went into the world of theological education. So I became the president of the Caribbean Graduate School of Theology, and I served in that post for seven years. And then when I retired from that post, uh, I was invited to become the Associate Global Director for Regions for the Lausanne Movement, a post in which I currently serve. So my responsibility is to coordinate a team of regional directors in the 12 global regions of the Lausanne world. And um, during all this uh, very long career, um, I have been associated with uh, Infamit uh, from the 1980s through the 90s and, and uh, to the current time, I serve on the Infamit board and on the Infamit networking team. And can you share with us how COVID-19 has specifically affected your life and your context? Well, you know, we are all sort of caught up in the midst of this uh, global uh, pandemic, which uh, is really the third uh, pandemic of the 21st century, but the one that seems to have had the most uh, extensive impact on uh, almost every country. Um, Three billion people across the world uh, on every continent have experienced uh, lockdowns in one way or another. And um, in the context where I live uh, here in Jamaica, we're currently on the lockdown. We are actually experiencing a second wave of this pandemic. Uh, it was in March of this year, uh, 2020, that the World Health Organization declared the uh, COVID-19 as uh, a global pandemic. And um, since then, you know, it has um, just um, spread around the world to the point where um, uh, all of us are affected in one way or another. Um, I think personally, uh, COVID has um, uh, impacted my work because my work entailed traveling uh, to uh, meet with my teams um, uh, all across the world. 
but of course, one of the impacts of COVID is that uh, borders are closed, travel has been suspended, and uh, although some countries are, are slowly trying to reopen their borders and reopen their economies and, uh, and um, allow some form of travel, <clears throat> but still, uh, it has had a major disruptive effect on our ministry. So we've resorted, um, as uh, all of us have had to do, uh, to operating in a virtual space. So um, I communicate with my teams around the world virtually, and uh, we try to continue our ministry and our mission through uh, virtual platforms. So it's great to be able to talk about it now in, um, in a reflective way, but also to try to look ahead and see what might be um, as we go forward with the mission that we have of spreading the gospel uh, around the world. How do you think COVID-19 impacts our understanding of mission and theology? Well, we have to look at the level of impact um, that the COVID has had on, on society, uh, which includes uh, the church and communities and so on. COVID has impacted, first of all, our health. It's a public health pandemic. And um, there are some um, alarming statistics that um, are available. You know, today, uh, at the end of August 2020, um, there are almost half a million people dead because of this pandemic. Um, the, the first two pandemics of the 21st century, the death rate was comparatively uh, um, small. The first was, of course, the SARS pandemic in 2002, which lasted around two years, 2002 to 2004. There were under 1,000 deaths as a result of SARS. And then came the Ebola um, outbreak in 2013 to um, 2016. And um, that left uh, about 11,000 people dead. Now here we are um, in 2020 with this uh, pandemic of COVID-19. And there are today, after um, 10 months, um, half a million people dead. And um, there are 25 million people affected with confirmed cases of this pandemic around the world. So public health um, has been affected. And here in the Caribbean and here in Jamaica, um, you know, there are many um, health issues that people are faced with, what we call underlying conditions. So our elderly and uh, even our young people are suffering from um, heart disease and um, various uh, forms of mental health um, issues and so on. And then this pandemic of COVID-19, which is a respiratory um, disease affect, affecting your breathing system, has just caused uh, severe uh, restrictions on people's movement and people's activities. So governments have responded by imposing lockdowns on communities, lockdowns on businesses, lockdowns on on our normal activities, on education, schools and colleges, and universities, and so on. So, you know, our, our work has been severely, and our life severely disrupted um, in health, in education, in the global supply chains, uh, in, you know, our food security, um, uh, in many different ways. Now, how does this affect mission? 
Well, I think mission has not escaped. Christian mission has not escaped. And it has affected the way we are now um, approaching and thinking about doing mission in this age of pandemic. Um, one of the ways in which this has um, um, impacted our missiological thinking in this part of the 21st century is um, a shift in the old paradigm of mission from the 19th to the 20th century, where mission was basically conceived in terms of cross-cultural mission, a cross-cultural exercise, going somewhere, traveling overseas. Um, of course, mission comes from the word missio, which means to send, and we are sent on a mission, and we have to travel from place to place. But one of the impacts of COVID uh, is that we can't travel from place to place. We can't travel very far, at least for the time being. And so we have to realize that, as was in the early church, mission it begins right in Jerusalem, right here at home. And so it has shifted our focus to um, rethink the paradigm of mission and to begin to look around, um, look at the impact of the pandemic on the poor, on the vulnerable, upon the lonely in lockdown, upon the least in the societies, those who are on the margins and the edges, and uh, the despairing, um, the hopeless, and of course, the bereaved, because as I mentioned, you know, roughly a half million people have died from uh, this illness. Um, it, it's, a, it's a serious um, situation where uh, this half a million I refer to is basically in our region, in the Americas. Uh, overall, it's um, around 850,000 people have died uh, across the world. So, it's having far-reaching effect on our, our way of thinking about how to do missions, what mission is, how it's conducted, uh, who do we focus on, and how do we reach out, what messages do we bring, and, uh, and so on. Um, let me point out one other area where I think um, the COVID-19 has impacted mission and theology. The pandemic has focused 21st century mission into uh, a, the a technology driven um, missiology um, in this digital age. Coincidence of the spread of the, uh, this pandemic, COVID 19, the coincidence of that occurring right at the outset of what is called the fourth industrial revolution. The, revolution in uh, this um, digital age where there's far more data available and far more uh, communication platforms that are available and we know more, we see more, we reach more. Um, I, I, th I think missiologists, church leaders, mission agencies are, are now beginning to adapt their communication strategies using the communications technology from this digital age that is, um, is upon us. And uh, it is one of those things that we note, the, the, the fact, the coincidence of the uh, outbreak of this pandemic, which has restricted our global movements and restricted many things and impacted, in fact, the economies, the amount of money that's available. All, there's a global economic impact that this COVID-19 has brought. 
where um, there's a lot of significant industries, um, even temporarily, but with great uh, effect. For example, here in the Caribbean, you know, the major industry for us is tourism. Uh, we depend on tourism, whether it's land-based tourism, people come and visit our countries and stay in hotels and so on, or the cruise ship uh, tourism industry. All those things have been suspended. And technically speaking, um, the economic impact and the fallout on the people who depend on tourist, tourism industry for their livelihoods, they have been severely, severely impacted. So um, this has had far-reaching effects on um, our society, but also on individuals personally, and on the way we, our governments respond to, to this crisis that's upon us, and the way our mission agencies and mission leaders also respond. And in the light of this, do you have one or two recommendations for listeners? Um, indeed. Um, it, uh, I, I think the major impact of the COVID-19 is, is on the disruption that it has brought to our lives. I think COVID-19 has also shifted mythological thinking um, in what I find is that people are, are less um, concerned in mission environments and in our theological environments about causation. People are asking less questions about what caused the virus. Initially, there was this concern what caused it. People are now more interested in hope finding. How do we find hope in the midst of the hopelessness and the despair and the anxiety and the fear and the worry? Um, so. The recommendation that I would have is that um, one is that we stay close to uh, our home base. We begin to look at new areas for mission and in terms of mission in Jerusalem, here at home where we are. Secondly, that we don't contribute to community spread. Um, there are some Christian communities, some church environments that have um, become part of the group of people who are in denial about the reality of the impact of this, uh, this pandemic and who have a theology where God will provide, God will protect, and therefore we continue to gather in large numbers and um, we uh, operate in a way that suggests that um, it's business as usual. This is not business as usual. Uh, this is a time where when we, when we see this happening and there is a community spread of the virus, um, then people begin to panic as we see even some pastors being among the fatalities, church members being among the fatalities, uh, people who um, get uh, affected by this and who lose their lives. There's a lot of bereavement uh, all around. And uh, so we should not contribute to the community spread of the virus. Virus, and we should try to avoid in these times, you know, the mass gatherings and these mass meetings. But I think also we shouldn't give in to despair. We should, uh, we should, we should, of course, be people of prayer and people of hope, and to recognize that God is indeed our shelter and our shield. And as the psalmist says in Psalm ninety-one, whoever dwells in the shelter of the Most High will rest in the shadow of the Almighty. Um, God is our refuge and our strength. And we have these comforting and 
consoling uh, words from scripture. And so we have a basis for hope in this world. We shouldn't despair. But the last recommendation I would give is that um, um, we should not be resistant to the benefits of this uh, new industrial age, the digital age. We shouldn't be fighting the digital age with any countercultural um, attempts to avoid or to abuse or otherwise uh, disregard the, um, the, the various platforms. We should master the technology. We should use the technology as instruments, as tools that God has given us for a time like this, whereby we can communicate, we can share hope and so on. One of the things that COVID-19 has uh, demonstrated is, is that uh, the digital church is real. The church online is real. People have had to adjust to the online church, and that has allowed us to communicate far and wide. We reach far more people in our diasporas, um, people from our home countries who are living elsewhere, who can connect with our home church through um, these uh, digital me means. And uh, it's an opportunity to, to, to renew, to reconnect, and to strengthen the ministry that God has given us. So we shouldn't fight it. We shouldn't resist it. But we should work with it. We should master it. We should uh, use it as a tool to spread the gospel, to further our ministry, to deepen our relationships with one another, even as we are restrained from doing so you know, in person and physically, uh, at least for, uh, for the time being. Who knows how long this pandemic will last? Um, pandemics generally last um, two to three years. And so we have to learn how to live uh, in, these, uh, in these times. And one of the ways we do so is in terms of um, living within the realities and within the constraints that God has given us. Let me just close with a word, a thought. You know, in the early church, uh, we know that one of the realities uh, from, from Pentecost onwards um, was a persecution which affected the early church. The church was under pressure, they were under severe um, difficulties and constraints. And so they couldn't meet and identify publicly. They couldn't gather uh, openly. And so they met uh, in, in homes, in um, people's homes. Uh, the house church movement was significant. Uh, we see Paul writing in Romans, and at the end of Romans, chapter 16, he's giving his greetings um, to a lot of people. And he greeted Aquila and Priscilla and the church that meets in their house. We saw in, in Acts chapter 20, when Paul called together uh, the elders from Ephesus, and it's like he was giving his farewell address to them. And uh, he said to them, you know who I've, I've taught you publicly and from house to house. So one of the realities of uh, our 21st century and this impact of COVID-19 is that uh, the house church movement is growing again. And people are gathering where they can in houses, in small numbers, in small groups, and so on. That's a reality as it was um, in the first century. So we should, we, should, we should use these means to strengthen the fellowship, to spread the ministry, and to see a, a whole new mission um, opportunity um, in this context.
this is a time for hope, uh, not optimism that uh, is without foundation, but optimism based on who God is, the one whom we live and, uh, and operate and have our being, but also the one in whom we are so dependent for our life and for the, uh, the, the opportunity he provides for us to minister in his name. Thank you, Les. I think that we were able to talk about many subjects and we went also deep on those topics and all of this we did in a very short amount of time and I really enjoyed this conversation. Thank you. And thank you and God bless you in the ministry. Thank you for the ministry that you have and um, as you continue to serve uh, the Infinite Team. Thanks for listening. I hope you enjoyed this episode as much as we did. Please don't forget to subscribe to our channel on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or the platform you prefer. If you think this could be helpful for someone you know, please share it with them. The best compliment we can receive is a referral to someone else. See you next time.